decision. Kyle's college tailgate. Tailgate. Shay Norman and Tyler Ackie. Shay and Tyler on ESPN Chicago. Harbaugh watch this morning, Shay, as this is Chicago's College Tailgate presented by Twin Peaks. We've got Shay Norling out in the beautiful city of Columbus, Ohio. Justin Ballinger is with us. You're heading out to Michigan State uh, and uh, Ohio State today to watch a little massacre at the shoe, huh? I can't figure out why I'm doing it, but it's a night game at the shoe. I feel like I'm going to enjoy it. Why not? (laughs) I have to tell you, I'm in the hotel, and I just went downstairs for breakfast, and I'm walking through the lobby, and one, I'm stunned, because as I'm walking through the lobby with my Michigan State hat on, some guy yells from the clouds, go green, and I'm like, go white, but I'm shocked. I'm like, I thought I'd be the only Michigan State person in the city. Here's another guy in my hotel. He's yelling at me in the lobby. And then some older woman comes up to me. And she's in like a scarlet sweater. And she just walks up to me while I'm getting my coffee. And she goes, good luck today. I hope that we aren't too rude to you and that you can enjoy yourself. Oh, that's But I doubt it. I'm like, what? Do I need to be terrified for my life here? See, that... (laughs) I'm telling you that she's the type of she's a crew neck lady. I, I already know, like warm, <laughs> hospitable, <laughs> not like, this again. Wants to make sure you have a good time in your your road experience here. There you go, crew neck lady. It's because I called her older. Now you're calling her a crew neck lady. Yeah, that's, you know got that's the, actually rude of you. The scrunchy uh, cuffs too, with the alternating colors on it. Like oh, that's God. what we're talking about there <laughs> on the the no, sweater. Come on, she was she was a fine lady. She was a nice lady. She's wishing me the best, but Tyler, I got to tell—I feel like Big Ten hospitality there. It feels like she's prepping me for some Big Ten hostility. I feel like I'm walking into a death trap. Like I thought that I would get some. Oh, we feel really bad for you. We know it's been a tough season. Like the patronizing pat on the head, and instead I get be safe out there. And it's like, what the hell am I walking into tonight? She's your uh, she's your angel. All right, that's what she's doing. She's watching out for you out there. She, she's putting the mark on me. Let this guy be okay. Let him be safe. I think it's pretty easy. It's like the inverse wears Waldo. You're you're wearing green stripes, green and white, instead of the the scarlet and white. That's going to be checkered throughout the the shoe later on today. But <laughs> except I stick out like a sore thumb. Exactly. All right, we have to get into our story of the day because this thing continues to take twists and turns. We are on Jim Harbaugh watch today because as of now, Shay, Jim Harbaugh is not going to be coaching for Michigan today against Penn State out in Happy Valley. The bus just arrived about half an hour ago at Beaver Stadium. No Jim Harbaugh to be seen. But that could all change. This, the latest from Pete Thamel of ESPN, he's also on set at College Game Day as well, The latest on Harbaugh's request for a temporary restraining order, which he needs to coach at Penn State today. Harbaugh's attorney, Tom Mars, tells ESPN that a ruling should be soon. This was about 15 minutes ago. So the possibility remains if the TRO is granted that Harbaugh could still coach today. Can we just acknowledge how stupid this has gotten? That, like, I can never remember a time in my life as a sports fan where something like this has come down to the circuit courts on a holiday weekend 
deciding on a temporary restraining order to allow a coach to be on the sideline in a college football game. This is so beyond absurd at this point. I don't even know what you do with it. And honestly, if I'm a Michigan fan, I, I don't know if I care if he's on the sideline. I don't think it's that big of a difference for this team. They get both their coordinators. All the players get to go. Harbaugh gets to coach in the week. Uh, what's the issue? I think if I'm a Michigan fan, this is what I'm rooting for, all right? I'm rooting for the the TRO comes down like around the middle of the second quarter and he's in the locker room at halftime. Like, can you imagine the police escort from wherever he's watching the game to Beaver Stadium, get him in the locker room, this thing, he's good to go by <laughs> halftime, and he fires up that crew at halftime? How epic would that be? <laughs> well, if, imagine the environment he's going to walk into at Happy Valley. Oh, if boy. at halftime, like everybody in the stands, you know they get the notifications, so mm-hmm. they all see... Harbaugh's cleared. He's going to coach the second half. This guy comes running out of the tunnel. Dude, the the Penn State faithful, they might load socks with batteries and other heavy objects, throwing them at them in the tunnel. Like, this is going to be, I think, I said last week, Oregon State, Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, Bedlam, the final Bedlam. I thought that might be the most hostile environment we'd see all year. I think today at Happy Valley is going to be that times 10. This is going to be nuts. If he coaches today, first off, all right, I am someone who thinks that he should be, there should be some sort of suspension for him. However, the football fan in me is rooting for him to find his way to the sideline today. I think it would be amazing theater to see him run his team out onto the field, whether it be to start the game, whether it be he comes running out at halftime, whether it be what if this thing gets gets passed through in like the the fourth quarter and he goes out and shakes James Franklin's hand at the at midfield oh at the end of the game. Is that a handshake spot or no? If you're Franklin, oh. do you go shake hands. I think I just go to the tunnel. Probably. Unless, Maybe you unless shake you win. Sharon Moore's hand. But yeah, yes, unless you win. Yeah, yeah. I I just this is like approaching OJ and the white Bronco levels of absurdity where I just, I can't believe this is where we're at with this. I can't believe a team is filing for a temporary restraining order. How does that even work? Harbaugh's coming out of the tunnel and the big 10, I don't know, police, what do they have? They're all on the sideline. It's like, campus police. And Harbaugh's just going, uh, buddy, hundred feet, hundred feet <laughs> that way. Get out of here. A hundred feet away, please. I got to be where I got to be on the other side of the stadium, please. Got to be on the other sideline. Like, what? how does this work? How is this where we've landed? This is going to be like the next hour 50 is extremely fascinating. Extremely fascinating theater. And by the way, We've got Dr. Pottinger with us today. He is our eye in the sky. He is our chopper that is watching I'm down. I'm waiting for the news. He he is going <laughs> He's to He's on Farm the, Watch. He's over Brett Favre's house in the, the helicopter. This is exactly what I mean, he is doing exactly what like the um like he's basically jet tracking for us. We see this all the time during college coaching searches, how people are tracking jets. He is tracking for us. If he sees Harbaugh news, he has strict orders 
to just slam the breaking news button. If we're talking about what, it, boom, we're hitting it, and we're we're talking about uh, Jim Harbaugh. We're gonna see get the latest Harbaugh update whenever we see something. So Justin Pottinger's our eye in the sky. He's monitoring all I'm that ready, fun boys, stuff for I'm us ready. today. That's fantastic because it means I can keep my eyes off it because the last thing I want to be doing is reading more about this story. Like, Tyler, I just – this punishment, if you can call it that, that the conference handed down yesterday, I, I'm surprised Michigan's fighting it as hard as they are because, to me, it feels like a complete nothing. This is like I'm driving 90 on the freeway and I have a body in my trunk. And I get pulled over, and the cop's like, I got to search the car, pops the trunk, but it's dark out, and he thinks it's golf clubs, so I just get a speeding ticket. Like, this is nuts that the punishment is Harbaugh can't be on the sideline for three hours on Saturdays, but he can coach during the week. Okay, so the head coach can oversee practice, do game plan installs, work with the players, lead meetings, just can't be on the sideline on Saturdays. If I'm Michigan, I'm good with it. We got away with murder. I I think that the third week is where I draw the line. Because in your Big Ten sportsmanship policy, it says two weeks. And you're tacking on a third here. That's my only problem with it. And quite frankly, if I'm Michigan, I don't think this is the worst thing in the world. Now, I would like to have my head coach for that Ohio State game at the end. I don't think it's going to make a whole heck of a lot of difference today against Penn State. But I would like to have my head coach against my bitter rival at the end of the season when you're literally playing for your season at the end. But all things considered, I think this is a pretty tame punishment for Michigan. And I think you should be pretty okay with everything. Assuming that there's nothing that is too much more severe coming down the road, I think you should be pretty okay with this. We both believe that this offseason, the NCAA will have wrapped up their investigation. But the NCAA might also say, all right, he served his time for this. We, we don't, there's nothing more that we really feel like we need no. to hand down. I'd be stunned if that's what happens. I think the program gets hit with a sledgehammer this coming offseason. The program I mean, when, could, yes. When, when it's bad enough that they're issuing this non-suspension by the conference for three games right now, I do feel like this offseason, it's going to be a sledgehammer on the program, and that probably drives Jim Harbaugh out. But in terms of just today, like, I also think it's weird for Michigan to file the restraining order today because it's 14 days. Like, the hearing has to happen within two weeks. Why wouldn't you just not have Harbaugh today, file the restraining order next weekend, and then you're guaranteed to have him for Ohio State? Because if the decision happens in the next 14 days and they go, all right, forget it. You're just suspended. Like, <laughs> then you don't have them at all for Ohio State and you're really in trouble. That's fair. I, if I'm – okay, so some people are talking about like, oh, this is rush to judgment. I don't think this is rush to judgment. If you look at what happened yesterday with the the 13-page letter from the Big Ten commissioner, Tony Petiti, to the University of Michigan – They have the spreadsheet. They have the master plan. What more do you need? What more evidence do you need than that to see that the the sign-stealing scandal, like all of it holds up? The one remaining question is whether or not Jim Harbaugh knew, but you don't need that evidence to hand down a, a punishment here because if you look at the letter too, this suspension 
is sure Jim Harbaugh is the one paying the price for it, but they're not really they're not punishing Harbaugh. They're punishing the university, Correct. and Harbaugh is the figurehead of it all. As the head coach, you assume culpability for anything that happens Correct. within your program like that. So as a result, he's the one that that has to has to suffer the punishment. I get everything that's happened, and I don't think there was some grand rush to judgment with Jim Harbaugh. You had the master plan. You had the playbook for what they were doing. What more do you need? Well, that I've heard Chris Canty on Unsportsmanlike uh, five to seven ESPN thousand weekday mornings all week talking about if he doesn't know, then you cannot suspend him. And I just that's wrong. Like, you're just wrong. The NCAA bylaws literally say it doesn't matter if you know or not. It's your job to know. And by the way, Bo Schembechler, who is a statue in Ann Arbor, wrote a book on leadership where he said it doesn't matter if you know or not, because if you didn't know, it means you were too stupid. And if you're too stupid, you shouldn't have the job anyway. So I don't take the Harbaugh didn't know as any type of excuse. It's the same deal we did with Pat Fitzgerald. Whether he knew or not, it was happening at his program. He's the head coach. It's his job to know what's happening at his program, and he got he lost his job for it. Like, this is the same deal. Whether Harbaugh knew a massive rogue cheating scandal was occurring or he didn't, it doesn't matter. The NCAA bylaws say it doesn't matter. It's your job to know. So I don't care if he knew or not, and I don't think it's a rush to judgment necessarily, but I do think they – they really boofed the handling of this. Yeah. I mean, to, to issue it on the Friday of a game week, hours well, before. Okay, here's, here's my other retort to that, though, is that Michigan asked for an extra day for them to submit their response to the Big Ten. So this could have all been handed down on Thursday, and you have a little bit more time to work with things here. You also would avoid the holiday on Friday. But you asked for an extension. So don't be upset when it's like if you ask for an extension and you need to know your grade before you head off to, to winter break and all that. If you ask for an extension on the project and you don't know your grade on the day you want to know your grade, well, that's on you. You ask for the extension. Yeah, but like you and I were hearing on Sunday that off air, like suspension likely coming down on Monday. Monday, the Big Ten says we're not making a decision where they issued the letter of potential discipline mm-hmm. to Michigan. And then it's like, okay, well, what happens on Wednesday? Because that was the next timetable. And Wednesday, Michigan issues their response. Big Ten says we're not going to do anything. But that's because okay, Michigan, we all think it's happening Thursday. Michigan was asking for the extension for an extra day. The Big Ten granted them the extra day. And now they're complaining that it just so happened to land on a holiday. You asked for the extension. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's fair. And I think the Big Ten, honestly, like waiting until Michigan's in the air on their way to Penn State. A little cruel. Wait, well, it's cruel, but Tyler, also, let's be honest, they waited until 4 o'clock on a uh, Friday of a holiday weekend. They were going to make this as difficult as possible for Michigan to get anything in front of a judge and try to fight this this weekend. You like, know that what? has to have been the strategy. Did you see the pictures on the tarmac of all the coaches and, and probably some administrators, too, there all huddled up? It reminded me of Succession. When they're all huddled on the tarmac <laughs> discussing like what the next course of action is, that's the vibe I got from when I saw that picture. How, how many f bombs? You think they were swearing <laughs> up as much as they do in that show? Oh yes, absolutely. <laughs> the other thing too, just quickly, is like 
if you read the Michigan response, and this is why I think the Big Ten could have acted quicker in punishing, because nothing functionally changed from Monday to Friday when the punishment came down. Michigan's response is a whole lot of follow due process. We need you to take your time with this. Nowhere in the 10 pages did they offer any kind of denial, which to me is an admittance that we did something wrong, but we want you to wait as long as possible to adjudicate it. And I just wonder, where was the wait for due process last year after the tunnel fight with Michigan State? Harbaugh took a podium the next day asking for criminal charges. Well, by the way, he had flown a player on a felony gun charge on a late night flight to Indiana so that he could play in the game. Like, it's very much favor for me, not for thee. And I do take issue with that. And I think Michigan's biting a bit of a bullet for the way that they've acted. I think both sides are in the wrong here. Both the Big Ten and also Michigan. Michigan, obviously, the, it seems like these allegations are holding up of everything that went down within the sign-stealing scandal. I also think the Big Ten fumbled this by giving a... It's really a, a half-hearted suspension, too. By allowing him to coach all the, the entire week, I mean, he gets six days with his team. He basically just ha- six days and, and 21 hours with his team if he wants it. It's just the three inside the stadium that he can't be with them. Like, That's my point. It's a slap on the wrist. It, if I'm Michigan, I'm, I'm not even fighting this. I'm yeah, this. and, and you'll, you'll be back for the Big Ten championship, and you'll be back for the college football playoff. I, I don't get really what the, the big to-do is with all of this. Maybe you say, okay, well, the Big Ten sportsmanship policy says it shall not exceed two games, and that's your one gripe with it. Yeah, I, I guess. But, but again, if, you, like, if you had your, your pick, if you're Michigan, and it's Harbaugh gets six days a week with the team, essentially, six days a week with the team, and has to miss the rest of the regular season, or two weeks completely away from the team, what are you taking? I'm taking by, what, what you got right now. Exactly. And by fighting this, I wonder if you're like begging the snake to bite your hand even harder. And because you're going against this ruling where the Big Ten and Tony Petiti, honestly, I feel like played both sides. You can go to the other 13 member schools and say, "Okay, we did something. You asked us to act. We acted. You can also go to Michigan and go, we really slapped you on the wrist. You kind of got away with murder here. Like you did a good job of playing both sides of this. And I just I wouldn't be fighting this as hard because I have a feeling by going against the Big Ten again, you're just asking them to hit you harder. 312-332-3776. 312-332-3776. What did you make of Jim Harbaugh's three-game suspension? We are still on Harbaugh watch. There is a chance he is on the sideline today if his temporary restraining order is passed through. And he is in Happy Valley, so he could journey on over to the stadium. You'd imagine police escort and all. And boy, what a scene it would be if he comes running out onto the field for the Michigan Wolverines later on today as they take on Penn State for your big nooner in about an hour, 40 minutes from now. Tyler Rocky, Shane Orling, this is Chicago's College Tailgate. When we come back, we'll preview that Penn State and Michigan game. That's all coming up next, Chicago's College Tailgate. Shay and Tyler, Tyler, Chicago's College Tailgate returns in a flash on ESPN Chicago. Chicago's College Tailgate, now back to the show with Shay and Tyler on ESPN Chicago. Breaking Breaking news on Chicago's home for sports, ESPN 1000. 
has come to a close. As this coming in from Pete Thamel, there will not be a ruling today in Jim Harbaugh's request for a temporary restraining order. According to a person familiar with the court filings, that means Jim Harbaugh will not coach at Penn State today. So about you just na- hate to see it. About 90 minutes out from kick, and there will be no Jim Harbaugh. He will not be riding in on chariots into Beaver Stadium at any point today. So that's the big news as it is now official. So um, I'm seeing now from Thamel as well. The person familiar with the court filings tells ESPN that there's an in-person hearing on November 17th scheduled for 9 a.m. So that is on Friday at 9 a.m. So maybe... (laughs) We'll see him against they Maryland. Are, really, are you? But, they are really dragging this sucker out as late as they can, aren't they? Oh, uh, it, it is. It's. It, he'll be back for Ohio State. That's that's all you need to know, right? Like he'll be back for Ohio State. Do you know what all of this is, Tyler? Is is the Big Ten is begging Penn State to do the dirty work for him today and just win the game, right? If Penn State wins the game, all of this becomes. I mean, obviously, there will still be the hearings. There will still be everything will happen. But it becomes a whole lot less relevant because if Penn State goes and wins today, to me, it kind of feels like the proof in the pudding that you did have a competitive advantage. And without it, you can't beat these teams. Right. And it, listen, you're you're paying somewhat of a price here without your quarter or without your uh, your head coach. But are they? I think Harbaugh does make a difference. I do. Uh, the three hours in game, I don't think it matters. Honestly, you still have the coordinators. You still have your quarterback. You still have all of Maybe the talent on the field. Maybe it's tough to tell this year because they haven't played a close game all season long, and you have to. You don't like Jim Harbaugh hasn't had to make a decision all year, right? Because that's what happens when your team is up 30, 40 points pretty much the entirety of the game, right? He doesn't have to make a decision. But I, I think that if this were to be a close game, I, I do think not having Harbaugh, especially on the road, does hurt. It does hurt. But my, that's kind of my point that he hasn't made a decision, and I don't know that he would really, like aside from we're going to go for this fourth down late in the game, uh, what decision is he making? He's not Lincoln Riley. He's not calling your plays. He's not some Clock defensive management. mastermind. Yeah, but it, it, does Sharon Moore have a brain? You can do the clock management. Like Harbaugh, he's not calling plays. He's not a defensive but, okay, mastermind. Here's the, he's we see this all still the time installing with, game plans. We see this all the time with head coaches, though, right? They, they come from the coordinator ranks, and it's their first time as a head coach, and they're so focused on being a head coach that clock management kind of goes by the wayside, and there's so many different things firing through that brain at once. When you do become a head coach, that it's just sometimes overwhelming, especially for a guy who was not expected to coach in this game. I just, for me, I've told you this. It's always been about Jesse Minter and Sharon Moore. I feel like they were the guys that were taking advantage of what Connor Stallions was doing more than anybody. Like, I do think there's still a world, I can't fathom it, but where Harbaugh didn't realize that this was going on to the extent that it was. I'm not saying that's an excuse. He should still be punished for it because it's his job to know. But I don't think he's the biggest beneficiary here. And by not having him on the sideline, like, Tyler, remember week one of the season? They were playing, what, UNLV, some nobody. Uh, East and Carolina, I, UN, yeah. 
East Carolina opening week, and they line up in a straight effing line with their hands in the air for a free Harbaugh moment, like this team's going to be more fired up by this than anything. I don't think losing him for the three hours in game really makes any difference. Because, again, he's not calling plays. Like, he gets to do his game plan installs in the week. He gets to have all the position meetings. He gets to do everything he has to do. Then he's just not on the field for three hours. Like, just tell Sharon Moore what to do in certain situations. It's going to be fine. But th- then you have to execute in those situations, and your mind is can be in so many different places during this game, especially if this is a close game in a hostile environment. It's not easy. I don't think it's just going to be plug-and-play at head coach here. By the way, we still do have a football game to yes. talk about today. Mm-hmm. Like the, the whole thing with this Michigan story that's bugged me so much is – they're an incredible football team. And I know that they haven't played anyone and they've just blown out these nobody opponents. But I think I've said it all year. They're one of the two or three best teams in America. They're an incredible team. They have a chance to go and win a national championship. And the past three weeks, we haven't talked about the football at all. Mm hmm. It's bothered me a little bit. Well, quite frankly, there's not much to talk about football wise, except for the fact that, Hey, they blow out bad teams yeah. because there and hasn't then, been a test on their schedule yet. This is the start of the exam. This team has been doing homework for the first nine games of the season, and now it's time for the exam. It starts with Penn State, then it's followed up by a trip to Maryland, and then you got the game against Ohio State to close it all out to see if you're going to the college football playoff. I mean, yeah, their, their season starts uh, in, in vogue, I guess, today. Like, this is the real start of Michigan's 2023 football season. And I wish the focus were more on what really is the game of the day when you look across the slate. Like, Ole Miss, Georgia looks good, but not quite this good. You've got a a four-and-a-half-point spread. Michigan, people think, are the best team in the country going on the road to Happy Valley, which will not be very happy today. And I just think, like, this is what we want out of college football and the spotlight has been on the wrong thing. I can't wait to talk about this game because I have a lot of thoughts on what's happened. And like with or without Harbaugh, I I thought Michigan could be in trouble today. I want to talk about the football game instead of this stupid effing story that won't go away. So there is some news surrounding the game itself today. And that is, yes, there is on the defensive side of the football for Penn state. James Franklin was on game day earlier today, about half an hour ago and said that chop Robinson, their edge rusher will be playing today. He's missed a couple of games, but this is a guy who could be a top 10, 15 pick in the NFL draft. If you're a bears fan, it's worth watching because this may be a guy that's going to be a Chicago bear next season there's a couple guys on this defensive line that are worth watching if you're a bears fan because they could come in and help out this bears team next year on the defensive line whether it's chop robinson whether it's adisa isaac a lot of pro prospects and who knows maybe you're even watching your quarterback of the future and jj mccarthy as well or your future left tackle and olu fashanu like there's Mm -hmm. a lot of there's a lot lot of stuff to watch if you're a bears fan like there's there's some talent on this field uh could you be Looking at a, well, maybe not because you don't have a second-round pick anymore, but Roman Wilson, the wide receiver, could you go that route? Like, there's some really good players, and I'm I, I'm fascinated by the game. I'm ready to talk about the football game. Yes, let's, so let's dive into it here. You've got Michigan as a four-and-a-half-point favorite on the road. I've seen it get as high as five-and-a-half as well, but 
This Michigan team, they haven't had a test all season long. You finally get that now against Penn State, who is uh, effectively eliminated from playoff contention after losing to Ohio State earlier in the season, but still in contention to win the Big Ten right now. Penn State's a team that... You know, they've been inconsistent this year. You've seen some games where they look like world beaters, and then you've seen some games where it looks a little shaky. You you flash back two weeks ago to to Indiana at home, and you nearly lose to one of the worst teams in all of FBS. But then last week, you go on the road and absolutely smack a pretty good uh, Maryland team, 51-15. to In a game where planet Earth, I mean, that line opened at 10 and closed, I think, seven and a half. Everybody bet Maryland. Everybody smart bet Maryland. That's not like John and Joliet moving the line two and a half points. That's smart people that thought Maryland had a chance to not just be in that game, but win that game, and Penn State beat the brakes off of them. Dude, I think you look at this game today, think about all the times that Michigan has had to ride the arm of J.J. McCarthy. Mm -hmm. It usually doesn't end well. And this year, their run game, it's been a disappointment. It's been underwhelming. They haven't been able to do it consistently. Donovan Edwards has not been great. Blake Horam's awesome, but it's not the big chunk yardage that he was picking up years ago, which is odd. I think losing their center from a year ago probably hurt. But they should still be as good. They're just not. And Penn State doesn't need to do creative stuff to stop you. Their defensive line, especially with Chop Robinson back, is awesome. They can stuff the run without blitzing, without doing extra stuff to get in the backfield and get to runners, they're going to make J.J. throw it. And here's the the other part. They have a really good secondary that can play on islands against these Michigan receivers. I wonder if it's asking too much out of J.J. when you put this game on his arm. Well, I think the same can be said on the other side, too, with Drew Allen, right? right? You, you think about, I'm looking right now at the stats. So Drew Aller's numbers, touchdown to interception, one of the best in the entire country, 20 to 1 right now. However, the catch there is that he doesn't air the ball out downfield. And we heard James Franklin a couple weeks ago kind of dismiss that notion that of we don't trust Drew Aller to push the ball down the field. But the numbers don't lie here, all right? Looking at quarterbacks that have thrown at least 20 touchdowns this year, Drew Aller, so there's 20 of them. Drew Aller is one of two that have less than 2,000 yards. He has the fewest yards, too of any quarterback that's thrown for 20 touchdowns so far this season. So they trust him in short yardage situations. They trust him in these little dink at the goal line throws, but they don't really trust him to make the big throw down the field. I'm going to be extremely fascinated if we're in like a 17-17 game, what the final five minutes look like. What do the final five minutes look like on each side? And which quarterback do you trust more to make the big play? And I think if you look at the play as of late, like, J.J. McCarthy's played pretty well, albeit it's been he's largely played nine games of garbage time so far this season. What does it look like in a big moment? But on the other side, Drew Aller, I mean, he turns into a pumpkin like we saw that in Ohio State. He could not move the ball to save his life in that game. Yeah, it's it's it'll be fascinating. I think both teams don't want to put this game on the arm of their quarterback, but both teams are probably going to have to. Dude, you know Penn State has fewer explosive plays than Iowa? Doesn't surprise me. Think, think about that. This Penn State team, but then again, Michigan all season, they've played one offense in the top 90, and Penn State might not be great, but they're in the top 90. I think they're in the top 60. So 
I, this is going to be an interesting one to see play out. I think it's going to be a very low-scoring, grimy, rock fight, Big Ten kind of game. And you know what? I'm going to eat this one up. This is an Iowa Rutgers gross. This is fun gross. <laughs> yes. This is, yeah, this has a potential to kind of feel like that Notre Dame-Ohio State game from earlier this season. It could also very well feel like the Ohio State-Penn State game from earlier this season as well. But anyway, the news, in case you missed it, Jim Harbaugh won't coach today as there was no ruling made on the temporary restraining order. So Jim Harbaugh will not be on the sidelines for the Michigan Wolverines. When we come back, Tyler, uh, oh, Go ahead. Quickly, I, I, I know we had something planned for the next segment, but I also want to bring something up I just saw on Twitter. I cannot believe Michigan fans, and this is a famous one, are acting the way that they are. I want to ask you something when we come back. You want to do a little social shaming when we come back. All right, that's coming up next on Chicago's College Tailgate, brought to you by Twin Peaks. Chicago's College Tailgate returns in a flash on ESPN Chicago. Now back to the show. Chicago's College Tailgate has it all with Shay and Tyler on ESPN Chicago. Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is Ho. News of the day, no Jim Harbaugh on the sidelines for Michigan after his temporary restraining order was not passed. That means it will be Sharon Moore, the offensive coordinator, handling the head coaching duties as the Michigan Wolverines, number two team in, or number three team, I should say, in college football, take on the number 10 team in Penn State out in Happy Valley today. But, Shay, you were struck by some of the social media outrage that we're seeing right now. Yeah, it's it's a rather famous Michigan fan. Before I get to the tweet, it's, it's Dave Portnoy. I was going to guess He tweeted Dave. something. Okay. Uh-huh. Normally, I, I would not bring up something that I deem to be this level of stupid. But there were reports yesterday that the Michigan Board of Regents uh, considered leaving the Big Ten over the Jim Harbaugh punishment. I saw that. They would mm-hmm. Go to a different conference, maybe the SEC, maybe wherever they would go. They, they were considering leaving the Big Ten. And Dave Portnoy went on Twitter and said this, quote, Michigan is the straw that serves the drink in the Big Ten. Without Mish, it's essentially the Mountain West. To treat us this way is criminal. As a Michigan man, I would not hesitate leaving the conference. See how life is without Big Brother. Watch them come crawling back. And I just want to know, who the actual F do you think you are? Ohio State is the straw that stirs the drink in the Big Ten. And newsflash, Oregon, Washington, USC, all coming to town. UCLA, too. In what world is Michigan the straw that stirs the drink? Like, to me, obviously, as a Michigan State fan, I'd welcome them leaving. But also as a Big Ten fan, go ahead. Nobody's going to miss you. We're getting four new charter schools into the membership that are all highly valued athletic programs. Ohio State is worth more than you today. In what universe is the Big Ten the Mountain West without you? Go to the SEC. Enjoy eight and four every year. Have fun. Like, I, fine by me, man. I don't care. I don't think it changes Big Ten football. Big Ten football, by and large, is garbage with you. Go away. Nobody cares. The less 30-point spreads. The other thing that I don't get about this whole, like, 
Oh, it's a witch hunt against Michigan, too. You realize the Big Ten pulls in revenue for each playoff team, and by potentially taking Michigan out of the picture, if you think the witch hunt is out after Michigan, by taking them out of the picture, you're potentially sacrificing $6 million for your conference. You get $6 million per playoff team. And if somehow Ohio State were to lose and and both of these teams get knocked out, you are punting on $6 million, maybe even as much as $12 million. So this whole thing feels very short-sighted of this Big Ten is out to get Michigan. I don't think that's the case. They also don't care. Ohio State can go to the playoffs. Like, they they do. It's. Look, man, it's, well, it's the consequences of my own actions. This aggrieved victim deal that all these Michigan people are doing, like Desmond Howard yesterday, would they treat Nick Saban this way in the SEC? Uh, I don't know, Desmond. Yeah, they probably would if he got caught cheating. It's not that hard. You got caught doing something you can't do. It's consequences for your actions. For the love of God, all these Michigan alums doing the aggrieved victim routine. Give me a break. I'd rather you come out and go, yes, we cheated. No, I don't care. We don't need Harbaugh. We're winning with or without him, and we're going to the playoff. Strap the villain role on. It'd be more honest. This aggrieved victim stuff, it's embarrassing from these people. And Desmond Howard, years ago, when when uh, Tressel got professionally killed at Ohio State, talked about cheating is cheating. You can't do it. Oh, but now it's in your house. It's not a problem. Like, what are we doing, man? Stop. You broke rules. You get punished. That's how it works. This isn't some wacky witch hunt anymore. Connor Stallions was dressed like Bobby F. and Valentine on the sideline in a game where his team wasn't involved. Just own it. Yeah. I I don't understand that point of mission. And listen, you want to leave the Big Ten? Enjoy. Because guess what? You're leaving one of the most stable situations in college sports in the most unstable time in college sports, there's no guarantee that the SEC is just going to welcome you in with open arms. You may be relegated to the ACC. Who knows what that dumpster fire is going to look like in a couple years? Like, yeah, Michigan, welcome to the Big 12. You get to play Houston and Cincinnati every year. Seriously, you want to leave the Big 10? Have fun. Good luck to you. Especially knowing that hmm, Jim Harbaugh may not be around. Is it worth sacrificing everything with your university? For a guy who may not be around next year. It's, I, I just, Tyler, I can't believe they're playing victim here. I really can't. It's, and they've been the, Albert Breer said it earlier this week. Michigan has so consistently occupied moral high ground on everything. Anything that happens anywhere else, whether it's Michigan State, who they wouldn't allow in the Big Ten for 100 years, whether it's at Ohio State when Tressel was paying players and getting them tattoos, Anywhere that things have happened, Michigan has occupied the moral high ground. And now it's on their doorstep that you're scumbags too, 
And by the way, like, good luck denying that you're scumbags. Your college basketball coach is currently serving a suspension. There were problems with the baseball program. All of the things I've listed out all season that have gone wrong at the football program, hiring racists. You've got a former offensive coordinator who had his house raided by the FBI as an under-FBI investigation and Michigan State Police investigation. Like, enough. Stop pretending you're the goody people and we're just out to get you. You do bad things. You have to pay the price. I'm, I'm just so tired of the victim stuff from famous Michigan alums. It's unbelievable. Yeah. So have fun if you do decide to leave the, the Big Ten. All right. When we come back, Shay is out at the shoe. I, I wonder what the – there's going to be some Michigan fodder at the game today, I'd imagine, in your section. The, even though it's Michigan State and, and Ohio State, I think you have a common enemy there. So maybe there will be some cheering around that. But you'll talk a little bit about – What's going on with your trip? That's all coming up next here on Chicago's College Tailgate. Chicago's College Tailgate returns in a flash on ESPN Chicago. Chicago's College Tailgate has it all. Now back to the show with Shay and Tyler on ESPN Chicago. Chicago's College Tailgate presented by Twin Peaks. If you miss any of the show, check it out on the ESPN Chicago app. And don't forget, every single Monday, Shay and I break down the week of college football. So check that out and subscribe to the Chicago's College Tailgate podcast, wherever you get your podcasts, whether that be the ESPN Chicago app or Apple, Spotify, all that good stuff. We've got it for you here, Chicago's College Tailgate. Shay, you are on the road again today out in the beautiful East Coast city of Columbus, Ohio. and East Coast? It's it's a joke. That's a there's Columbus <laughs> no, from looking out the window. My God, what, what do you say? What what do you mean by that? Like, I got it. It's very funny driving into Columbus because it's like the most back road dumpster I've ever driven through, and I'm just like, how do they recruit kids here? And then it just pops up out of nowhere, and it's like, oh, it's actually kind of nice. Columbus but actually it is, is a kind of slept on city. Yeah, it's I'm I'm really enjoying it so far. It's it's been awesome. So I'm you excited got there, to check out the shoe later. You got there last night. Yeah, late last night we got here. We had some friends. We went to uh, my friend's parents' house, and they had a commercial like industrial margarita machine that they got out of a bar That's in beautiful. their garage. So we were doing homemade frozen margaritas out of this commercial margarita machine. It was amazing. Nice. We were having a great night. Uh, so, so far, the trip to Columbus has been great, aside from the old woman in the hotel lobby, seeing my Michigan State hat and going, good luck today. I hope you're able to enjoy your time. Nice. So you're you're going to the shoe later today, and I, I got a lot of questions here, all right? Why today? Of all days, you could go to the shoe. I know they're playing Michigan State, but why this year instead of a couple years down the road? Like, well, Why today? Well, the plan, Tyler, was made when my coach hadn't been fired in week two for fornicating on a cell phone. But did you uh, think so, this would be a good game? No, I never thought it'd be super competitive, but there was optimism around the Michigan State program when we had a head coach in place, and like there were things that could go okay. I had the over on five and a half wins. It felt very light to me. I, I wasn't thinking this seemed to be great, but I thought eight and four was in play, and then my coach gets fired week two. But the the big attraction here is it's a night game in November, which, to my knowledge, has never happened at the Horseshoe. And the ability to see the shoe at night, 
felt like something I could check off the list. Like I always wanted yeah. to go to LSU at night. I yes. always want to. I want to do Notre Dame. Uh, there's all these trips. Ole Miss. I want to see. There's no excuse Athens, for us Georgia. to not go to Notre Dame at some point. Like yeah, that, I mean, that we is just so have to do close. It. It's what two, two and a half hours. Easy little trip. Right. And so I've always wanted to do the shoe, and it just felt like I get to go see my team. It's a night game. I get to, you know, I'll see them dot the I, the script Ohio, all the fun stuff. We have friends here we can tailgate with. So the whole trip kind of works out, even if the game is terrible, and it will be. It's a 31-and-a-half-point spread. My team's a dead body walking in here off of a miracle Nebraska win in East Lansing. I'm not under any illusion that I'm going to see a good game, and I am, like – there have been times where I've actively wondered what the what the hell am I doing going to this game on a Saturday night in November? I could be doing anything else, and I'm going mm-hmm. to see my team get slaughtered by Ohio State. I will say it is kind of nice now that the Big Ten is going to be getting a lot more of these good night games because of their new NBC contract that is yeah, going to put them in prime time a lot more. Put the good games in prime time, please. Like, how is Penn State, Michigan, not the prime time? Well, game because tonight? because be a whiteout at Happy Valley. Because Fox has the the dibs on it. I know the draft situation. Mm-hmm. The NBC game has to be the night game. Is there like a draft order? Does Fox pick first? Is that how that works? I th- I don't know the exact specs of it all. That would be a fun thing. I don't necessarily need to be part of the draft, but to watch the draft, the TV, yeah. dra- like the game drafts. I think that would be Fox, fun. Fox has the number one overall pick, and you just get, like, the best game on the Big Ten calendar. Big noon in October. All right, so real quick, give me a few of your other spots that you need to hit along the college football road trip map. Uh, Eugene, Oregon. I've always heard Autzen is one of the best game day environments there is in the country. I have to do Oregon, especially now that they're in the Big Ten. Another future Big Ten team that I want to see is Washington. I think we talked about it on yeah, our recap. Yeah, a little sailgating, uh, yeah. To be on Puget Sound sailgating ahead of a Washington Huskies game in Seattle, that sounds like as cool of an environment as you can possibly find. I have to do that. You know, USC has never really been attractive to me. It, the, L.A. is a pain in the ass to get around. The Coliseum, I get, but it seems half full half the time. I'd rather go to Another, the Rose Bowl than the Coliseum. Yeah, but the Rose Bowl for a UCLA game is a graveyard. You got to go to the actual Rose Bowl, and then it'll be fun. Like UCLA doesn't have fans. It's kind of sad that the Rose Bowl just sits empty for regular season games. I wonder how that changes with the them going to the Big Ten, though. Well, are they going to be good? If they're going to be good, then maybe it changes. But it, they've they've always struggled to pull fans. LA, we know, is not really a football town. Like USC's kind not of really the a exception. sports town. Right, it's the Lakers and it's USC football, and that's kind of it. Is and it even, even USC, USC football? football is, yeah, I don't think so. So it's really just the Lakers. Like LA for the college stuff doesn't attract me. Madison, another easy trip that I have no excuse to not make. I'd love to see jump around at Camp Randall. I'm looking actually now. Next September, Alabama somehow that's makes right. a trip up to Madison. Mm-hmm. I think that's a game I want to be at. Yeah. Uh, the, Madison has some uh, a couple of good ones over the next like two three years. Um, I think well, USC the goes there do. at some point, yeah. but yeah. But so that that's uh, one of the other ones that I want to to go to as a fan. I've been to the stadium, but like working uh, is Clemson. Clemson was a it seemed yeah. like a really good time 
Um, and then also I do want to go down to, to Ole Miss as well. That's, that's well, another one on my, on my bucket list there. Everyone says the tailgate scene at Ole Miss is the best in America. The yeah. Grove, everybody's in that kind of forest right outside the stadium. They set everything up. There's that run in in the morning, knocking over the trash bins. Everybody's racing to their tailgate spot. That seems like a really fun spot. Uh, and then Knoxville for a game at Neyland. I want to. Yeah. Rocky Top seems like a, a awesome place to see a game. Yep. All right. When we come back, we're going to take a look at the playoff picture, and Shay wants to sell you on who the real number one team is in the country. We'll do all that when we come back. Chicago's College Tailgate presented by Twin Peaks. Chicago's College Tailgate returns in a flash on ESPN Chicago.